0: Okay, thanks everyone for joining us. Um, We'll be talking about this work by Nick Cave, and our our, uh, guest today is David Page. He's a DC area artist. He's born in Cape Town, South Africa, but lives in Baltimore. Um, He has a Master's of Fine Arts from the University of Maryland at College Park, and has received many local awards and grants uh, for his artwork. He um, has written for the Maryland Art Place's Critics' Residency Program, and is an adjunct professor at the Corcoran College of Art, and design and uh, an MFA faculty um, at um, Towson University. His work has been shown in DC area venues, recently Arlington Arts Center, School 33 Arts Center, Baltimore, and an upcoming December solo show at Stevenson University in Maryland. And what's the name of that show?
1: Uh, Star Nader stand
0: And what does that mean?
1: So it's Afrikaans for, um, it, well, it means stand closer stand further, but it also means come here, bugger off. You know, so uh-huh. that it's, uh, it, colloquially, it would be come here and bugger okay. off. You know, so that, that's this idea of pulling people and pushing them away at the same time. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay.
0: So why don't people come closer and yeah. then
1: we <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, right. you're going to have to come real close because yeah. you've got to hear me. And also, um, so I thought that I'd make a multimedia presentation over here. So I have some, um, some pictures that I'm going to pass around, which, which refer to some of the things that I think are relevant to this work. But also, they provide a mnemonic device for me, so I know what to say next because I didn't bring any notes with me. So, um, yeah, okay. So, well, I, yeah. So I'll, I'll dish them out as I sort of come to them. So, um, so I, I thought I thought of this of this piece, and, and I and I thought that everything needs a title. So I thought that we could call this talk um, "The Drag Show Meets the Yard Show." Um, <laughs> And, and and the yard show is 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 particularly. Um, it, it's a term that um, that John Beardsley, who's a local writer, used in a book called uh, Gardens of Revelation, which is about uh, outsider art. And, although I'm not I'm not saying this is outside art, but it, and, and 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 he talks about this this phenomenon, particularly. And I think it's something that that, that we all do, but uh, amongst. Um, these, uh, so it's a phenomenon in, in, in African-American art particularly, where, where people will fill their yards full of some ra- rather prosaic material that, that altogether forms this kind of poetic unity, right? So, um, so that's the yard show, and then I think we, I don't need to tell you what the drag show is, particularly if you're from Baltimore, right? We all know, <laughs> we all know a good drag show in Baltimore. Um, so anyway, and then I was thinking about this, the, the genesis of, of the sound suit in particular, um, and also other artists um, that might work in a similar way. So I thought that I would try to filter this through artists that I've met, you know, so, because I've not met Nick Cave, so I don't know much about this, so that I can, only, I can only interpret stuff. So I thought the first one that I would start with, and I hope we're all familiar with, is Joyce Scott, so you can take a look at her work. Um, and Joyce Scott is a, is a Baltimore artist. Um, she is black as well, which is relevant to what we're going to talk about today. Um, and I think because she uses, so, so um, her primary medium is beads, um, and, and using these beads in both a decorative and a provocative fashion. Um, and then she's not scared to match these beads with, um, with artifacts that might be considered museum-worthy or precious artifacts by other people. And so so that I think that that's an interesting starting point for this work over here. Um, the next thing, so, so next, I thought I would just start with this once more, just to remind you about what's going on. So this is, in fact, one of Nick Cave's. It looks like one of his earlier sound suits. So this is sort of where this started, and I think that we should start with, with that premise. Um, that, um, so his story is, and I think we, all, we always need to be a little skeptical of the artist's stories because we like to create... Um, legends about ourselves, you know, but it's based, obviously it's based on this fact that he was sitting on this park bench around the time of just after the Rodney King riots, the, the, the LA riots, um, and, and he was feeling as a black person somewhat less. In other words, this, somebody, these, these, these police officers had been caught on tape, you know, savagely beating this person and had pretty much gotten away with it. Um, or that's, that's the way I see it, I'm sure. That's, but anyway, so, so then he felt somewhat cast off by this. And he was looking at these. And it's in some ways, it's really sort of a wonderful piece of, of sympathy or empathy. So he was looking at these sticks around him, feeling that they were cast offs as well. And so he gathered them all and decided to make something out of them. And with this, he made the suit. He wired them together. Um, and this is an important thing um, that maybe we can get to later, but he he doesn't use glue in his work at all, so that he uses all kinds of mechanical fasteners that are sensitive to the materials that he uses. Um, so anyway, so he wired them together and he put on the suit and as he started to move around in it, it made this, it made this noise, it made this music, um, and that's how the sound suit began. So in some ways it's a kind of an anti-conceptual approach to art. You don't set out to make a sound suit. You set out to give life to these cast of sticks, and then you make a noise, and that's the sound suit is born. And, and so that, that I, I like that process. This idea of arriving at something rather than setting out to do something. Um, and then, so I, I, I thought also. Uh, and, and so that there, there have been many of these, and some of them are made with human hair. Um, he's also a trained. Um, a classically trained dancer, or somewhat classically trained dancer, so he understands movement, he understands spatial uh, projection, and so that he sees so that he sees these suits um, so, so what we're looking at here is at once a sculpture, but it's also this kind of manifestation of a certain kind of energy, of the expression of a certain kind of energy which then creates a certain noise. So we're looking at something less than what it might be here, and so that we have to understand that as well. Um, but then I, I, I thought, so, so I, I picked out these, these anthropological schematics, and this is of, of this tribe, um, who tribe, and it's, uh, perhaps or, the, or this nation or this people. I think the word tribe is, is somewhat prejudicial. Um, who live in the southernmost part of South America, and, and they're extinct by now. But just that you'll take a look at this, just to realize that that, that this. This instinct to do this is not something that we need to learn, that it's something within all of us. So that that if one wants to take a look at that. And I think that that's important, this idea. So this notion of ritual performance as opposed to looking at the history of performance. um, So that that we we need to look at this as as either a performative piece or as a, let's say, as a potentially performative piece. That that's where it gains its its history and its strength from. that 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 it, it anticipates somebody to get inside it and then to dance around in it and activate all of these these beaded objects and so that they will make a noise and create something. Um, so I was I was thinking about about the notion of ritual performance and 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 how um, and, and how it's it's something that's innate as opposed to this idea where where with the the classical history performance as we know it, it's it's something that is done to either please the king or whoever is in charge charge of the court or to placate the minions. You know, it's something to amuse people, right, to keep them from, from thinking about revolution or something to amuse the people who are in power, like one or the other, right? And this ritual performance is something completely different. It's done for the benefit of the performer but then also in his thing as a kind of shamanic act for everybody else's benefit. Right? so that, that, that there's something different here, and so while I was thinking of a ritual performance, and, I, and I'm also thinking of how this piece exists in this space right now, you know, as this, uh, as the static piece which alludes to something with movement. So I thought of these, um, and and maybe if if you're familiar with how the space has been used recently, the. Um, the um, video of Anna Mandieta and how she sort of cavorts in this red blood-like substance and then she, she, she immerses herself in these feathers and she sort of comes out as this feathered thing. And, and, and so that I thought I'd show everybody that too. Right? There's going to be a lot of pictures here. Um, and, 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 how, and how this idea of covering oneself, right, or... Um, or and, and in the case of Nick Cave, um, it, it's, it's about... So it's about uh, ethnic or, 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 um, or racial blackness, about the concept of blackness, and about also trying to escape that for a minute, right, trying, trying to just be seen as human, and, or, or as something else. And so how this, this idea of, of disguising one's visage sort of emboldens you to do something else, and so that, that, that how this idea of disguising or covering allows you to, to get up and jump up and down and do things that would otherwise be silly or, or you know, not the kind of thing that, that polite people do. So, and, and in this case, um, I was thinking of, of um, Neil Blake. I don't know who's familiar with, with, with him and this, this rabbit suit that he... So, anyway, take a look at this. So, this is this is Neil and Blake's rabbit bunny suit. And so, he puts on this bunny suit, um, and, and, and so, together with his weight... He weighs 400 pounds. With this, it has so it's, it's this it's this uh, fleece suit. It's silk-lined, which must be nice. And then and then in between all of that, it has it has these 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 bags of navy beans. And so he has all these beans. And then his lover calls out from so his lover, who's out of side or to the side of the stage, then calls out these movements: do this, do that. Uh, often to like a Michael Jackson tune or something like that. So he's got to try and and perform this this this. This this dance choreographed by his lover, so that so that he's doing this for love, right? So so, so that that this is this is why he's doing this performance. So that that, that this idea that whatever motivates this notion of ritual performance, um, and so while we were about that, um, uh, and and also so so and what's interesting about him that this so so Nyland Blake performs, um, he is he is also um, so in this in this kind of post neo. Um, Transracial era, if you want to believe any of that, um, he is of mixed parentage, whatever that is. Anyway, so his father's black, so therefore he is. But he says, "You don't see my blackness, you see my fatness." You know, so that you see that he's fat. So, so his thing is also about being fat and being loved. Um, and so, so that, that I thought, you know, let's try and think about this in a contemporary realm as well. And so, if you look behind you, if you look at the Re- Lucian Freud picture of Lee Bowery over there, uh, Lee Bowery is somebody who, and here's a picture of Lee Bowery, just in case you don't have enough pictures yet, um, and so he was, he was somebody who sort of worked very much with the club scene, particularly in, in, the, in the United Kingdom, um, and, and he was this outrageous dresser where he was also obese and, and, and ugly by most standards. Um, he, he tested notions of beauty and ugliness by changing his silhouette and by, 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 by changing how you saw his face. So he was at once monstrous and beautiful. And I think that that's another sort of freeing um, way of, of how we might cover or clothe ourselves and how we might present ourselves as a performance or as life for that matter. So that's Lee Bowery. And then I thought we might as well, might as well take us into... Does anybody have any questions, by the way, or is this just like a stream of consciousness rant? Does anybody want to know how we get back to this? Because I'm not sure. I'm out on a limb right now. That's
0: what we'll do. Is the after this? Yeah. We'll, we'll all bring it back to this and see. Great. How yeah.
1: Okay. So, 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 just let me run with this for a, for a little while longer, and then we will pull it back. I think we're getting back in. So so, so we're on Lee Bowery right now, and I was thinking, while we're out there and with those people over there in the UK, um, there's also some interesting fashion design going right now. And if you compare these with some of the anthropological sketches, there'll be some resonance there. So this is Gareth Pugh from, I think this is from his 2008 runway collection. Wouldn't you just like some of those togs? Um, Yes, yes, yeah, and and, and he is is indeed almost a disciple of Lee Bowery. so, I mean, we're still in the room, guys. Um, OK, now, so while we're looking at that, um, I was also interested, let's see where we're going with this. Hang on, i gotta, I got to look at my crypt. Sh- OK, we're fine. Um, I was very interested in some of the problems with this piece. Um, no, no, we're not done yet. Yeah. Um, so so, so that, that's some of the problems with this piece. Um, and, and, and one of them, I think, is, is how, how we see things on mannequins, and what that says to us, you know? And that, that to some extent, the mannequin kind of closes the relationship rather than opens it up in any way. And so we see this perhaps because of the mannequin, we're, we're, we're stuck in the world of merchandise to some extent, and I don't know that there's a solution to that, right? But that we don't see this as this, you know, if we want to say this, this, this magical costume, or this costume that's, that, that, or, or, or this piece that, that talks to us about, about sound and dance or something like that, that it's very, very static. So I thought that we could also look at the work of somebody who's here right now who's at the thing, Mark Newport. And if you're not familiar with Mark Newport's work, then once you've finished your Run, all right? don't walk, just up the street, just up 17th Street to the Renwick. And there's a show which includes his work, it's part of the current craft invitational. And so here's one of his knitted um, superhero suits. All right? So that, that, that Mark knits these suits, and, and anyway, he, he can discuss this if he wants to, but he knits these, knits these suits out of, um, out of yarn. And, and, and they're very much not sort of superheroic. So there's this knitting as this heroic act. And then, and then in suits that look like your mother knitted them for you and they're somewhat short of what they should be and that the power is almost in their in their limpness. And, and they're hung from hangers quite successfully. Um, and, and you see how the, how the crotch kind of flaps to that side and that side and like no superhero would, you know, and so there's, the, there's that whole thing. But so that, that's one view of that. Um, anyway, um, and then just, just to give you to some extent my perspective on this, and, and that is... And I have pictures of me, but, but anyway, uh, you can look at them later i 'm not going to hand them out in the same thing but, but, um, but so that, that, that for a long time i made these I made these costumes, and that 's sort of how, how I felt like I had some because i, I, I can 't really speak authoritatively about nick cave 's work but but, but there 's some resonance for me in this that I, 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 I used to, and I still do to some extent make these pieces that are inhabitable, and they were these sort of these suits, these costumes, and they were based on straight jackets, and it was sort of um, um, luggage for people. And, and so I would stand there bound in the suit because I wanted to be the artwork. I mean, that, that was the thing that I thought that the usual relationship, the, the, the usual exchange between artist and um, and viewer left something to be desired, that the artist was cheated in the in the transaction. And what I meant by that is when you make something and you put it over here and then in your absence people come and they view it, you know, it's like, well, well where are you? Where are you to hear what they say about your work and everything like that. So I wanted to be the artwork. So I was immobilized within these these costumes um, and then so I got to be there. I got to be the artwork and everybody came around and I felt very important as a piece of artwork and it was fabulous and it was a great experience for me. Um, and the problem that I, that, that, the, the, the problem that persisted with me and that I, that I still have to solve is this notion of what is the thing when I'm no longer in it? You know, what, what is the piece? Because obviously I could not, I could not Inhabited for for a month, although that might have been an interesting uh, prospect, I, I couldn't do that, and so so that that, that, that we're sort of left with that. that 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 we still haven't resolved the problem of what is this piece and, 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 and how do we convincingly represent it as something that has a better and perhaps higher life in some other form? So that's sort of it. So any yeah, go yes. And I think those are
0: those are questions that come up like in. Archaeology, you know, like in other kinds of museums, in science museums that are representing other cultural artifacts, and it's like, and you have to imagine the culture that goes along with it, but all you have is the artifact. Mm -hmm. And so I think this kind of, it gets into the same dialogue, where we have to imagine what the performance would be like when we look at it. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, yeah, I was, I mean, can yeah. It, can it
0: work that way for
1: you? Right, right. That that, that There's always this kind of incompleteness that that, or, or throughout most of the things, life it, it lives in this in this incomplete world, and, and 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 that and that it brings up all these these problems with display, which and and those are very prosaic problems with which artists shouldn't have to trouble themselves, but obviously they do. You know, that that that. How do how do we deal with the feet or the hands? You know. So that anyway. So that that's it's not just. Interesting. It's not just a museum problem in this case, but it's an artist's problem as well, which it should be. Yeah.